0: Well, hey there, imposters, and welcome back to the You're Not Qualified podcast. My name is Courtney Heater, and I am your host with No More Sniffles. That cold that I had is going around like COVID. Mm, Actually, was that too soon? Too soon of a joke. And I am finally sounding normal. You are listening to episode number 23. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for telling a friend. Thank you for sharing, the numbers show it, I'm ecstatic and it lights my insides up. I really, really, really appreciate you all being here and supporting a little old me on this really fun journey of tackling imposter syndrome and telling you that you can do everything that you think you can't do. I hope you're taking it to heart. I have a very unique, charming, storytelling extraordinaire for you to meet today. So we are chatting with Lyndon Lyndon created an audio drama about a young man's experience with romance in the 90s. So all you 90s kids out there, I was just a child. I was not into romance in the 90s. Well, except for this kid named Kevin Cassidy, who was in my, I'm pretty sure, kindergarten class. I was dead set on marrying him, and that did not pan out.
1: Oh, to be young and to feel love's keen sting.
0: But Kevin, if you're out there... Hello, thanks for listening. So Lyndon's drama charts on the UK audio drama billboards, and in less than a year, it has 15,000 downloads, which is nuts. Lyndon was told time and time again that this drama wouldn't hold water, and no one would want to listen when he was shopping his brilliance, going around, writing the screenplay every day on the bus, trying to get his story sold. And everybody said nobody wants to listen to a drama about a black kid in the 90s and his romance drama. Um, I disagree. A lot of other people disagree because it's really good. It is called The Icarus Complex and you should go listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. It's really good when enjoying a quiet evening, coloring, crafting, walking, maybe even with a whiskey in the bath, you know, all of those things may or may not have been tested prior to recommending, but just, you know, go with your flow, whatever you feel for this audio drama that is really emotional at times very funny at times and it's it feels like you're in the scene with him he sets it up very well and it's raw it's raw drama and if all of the shows on netflix and hulu right now say anything about that we all really fucking love drama okay we are drawn to it so i think you'll like this one we just can't get enough of it but let's hear all about Lyndon from linden shall we let's go
1: these girls, they're going to kill me.
0: Thank you so much, Lyndon, for being here on the You're Not Qualified podcast, all the way from the UK. So evening there. I'm so excited to talk to you and welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Courtney. I do appreciate having me on.
0: So you have a podcast, Drama storytelling uh, comes out episodically about a character Liam it's called the Icarus Complex so Liam is a young black man growing up in the 90s in the UK can you tell us a little bit about the story
1: so the idea behind the story um, I was on a train going to work and I saw a lady reading a magazine and obviously some of the one of the articles was around Ten things, ten things your man won't tell you but wants to tell you, and obviously it was written by a woman. So I thought, after having read some of it over a shoulder, I thought, who, who better than to tell a man's point of view than a man? So I decided to turn um, what I believed was a Bridget Jones-esque versus Adrian Mole story about about a individual named Liam growing up in London, obviously in a moving city, and trying to navigate love life relationships and just some of the things that men go through i believe it was a story that wasn't told or if not told at all so i tried to put my a bit of spin on it and uh, here we are
0: and here we are and are there over 20 episodes now
1: there currently are 30 33 i believe 33
0: amazing and each one ranges um like 20 40 ish minutes is that right
1: Yes, I think the shortest one is probably about 25 minutes. and The longest yeah. has been just over an hour.
0: Great. I love that, the format of the differences there. And it is, it's a linear story. So if anybody wants to pick it up, I, I recommend at least starting from episode one and following his story. But there are really cool bits and pieces that get pretty juicy. So maybe hopping around is okay too
1: <laughs> for his love life. It's, yeah, it's, the thing is, it was diff- Obviously, the whole idea—it was a book initially, as you said—it follows a linear approach, so it's it was difficult to try and create a podcast out of it where someone could just jump in at any point because you miss out on certain characters and certain developing situations. So, I did try to create a previously on section, but it wasn't—it's was very difficult to do given the format. But mm. I've I have plans. I have plans at some point to try and at least the previously on yeah sections so at least anyone can get any idea when they jump in.
0: Great. You So you wrote this screenplay, as you mentioned, or you had the inspiration while riding the bus every day to work. And I, I believe that you started writing down your ideas and then developing the actual story as well on your way to your day job. When you try to pitch the story, so obviously you went the podcast route and developed this independently, but did you try to pitch the story to anybody else to be able to buy it?
1: Yeah so initially I was it took about 7 years to write.
0: Not the man I knew 10 years ago.
1: It's, not the, year, sorry. it's the mileage. And then once I once I believed I'd finished it I tried to turn it into an into a interactive book not a paperback because I wanted to have things like text messages that pop here up in or letters appearing on the screen as as the reader reads it. But the idea wasn't very best way to put this. It wasn't very the publishers and stuff I reached out to, and they weren't keen on the idea, and also I think as well the content they weren't keen on. I don't think they believed that there was a market for a relationship because they called it from a man's point of view. I believe some of the phrases they use were, men don't read books and it so in that way, especially about, especially about relationships anyway. So I find it hard to try and get my foot in the door, and then COVID happened um, mm. and it put things on the back burner for me completely. So I wasn't getting anywhere at all with any sort of any sort of publishers or any sort of literary agents.
0: Sarah. So yeah. I uh, literally being told that your view on a story is just completely not qualified for the way that people read books, but you're a man, you read books. And obviously you're interested in the man's perspective. So I don't know why you'd be alone on that.
1: Sure. And yeah, I, no, I agree. And it's, it was very frustrating, obviously, even, even still is now because um. Also, I do. I did want to have turn it into a. But I do feel like the, a literary sense does give it a different sort of feel. But, I know also and also as well because obviously the main character, is black stereotypically as such. I I, I don't. I think men and their emotions aren't something that is is something that's they believed was going to be a drawing factor to the book, and then also being a black man on top of that as well was obviously yeah, an added an added thoughts for that as well so it didn't go the way I planned but obviously after COVID or during COVID I took it for myself to create the podcast I also got full license to do as as I pleased with it so yeah
0: yeah so let's talk about that success that has come now from you just believing in your art you believe in the story you believe in expressing yourself this way and now it's a pretty successful audio drama. I know it's uh, hit the charts there in the UK. Can you explain the success that The Icarus Complice has seen?
1: The thing is, I, mean, I still can't believe myself, actually, if I'm just because it's, it was a passion project. It still is the passion project. I would say that recently we've obviously have hit the top 20 charts on Spotify. Wow. Um, Download-wise, I think we've now, since I started in June last year, it's hit over 1,700 downloads globally. Yeah, I, I'm obviously very humbled by it because, like I said, at the end of the day, it is something that's taking a lot of time to to create. And mm-hmm. There was there was a period in time where I, I never thought it would see the light of the day. But, yeah, no, it's doing better than I have expected, and it's nowhere near finished yet, so who, who knows what's next.
0: I love it. I love it so much. The the whole nature of it is not like anything that I've ever listened to before. It's almost like a, yeah, like a drama novella in listening format. And I just, it's such a treat. I am curious the, so Icarus for those that don't know, is a character from Greek mythology. He flew too close to the sun when his, he made wings of feathers and wax. And he was too prideful, even though he was warned not to fly too close to the sun. And he did. And he ruined his wings and consequently his whole life in that way. Here we are. My favorite kind of lesson, literature. So... Greek mythology is not something that I'm super familiar with. I studied it a bit because I had to. I studied literature in college, so I'm probably going to butcher some of these names, and I really, really hope none of my former professors are listening because they can maybe retroactively fail me. I don't know how the education system works, but I wouldn't be surprised. Anyways, so in Greek mythology, Icarus was the son of the master craftsman Daedalus, so that's D-A-E-D-A-L-U-S, whom is the creator of the labyrinth. So Icarus and his dad, Daedalus, Daedalus, hmm, attempt to escape from Crete by means of wings that his dad constructed from feathers and wax. So Icarus was warned to not fly either too low or too high, with his wings of feathers and wax because the sea's dampness would clog his wings and the sun's heat would melt them. Icarus ignores these instructions from his father, his instructions not to fly too close to the sun specifically, which causes the wax in his wings to melt. So he tumbles out of the sky and pretty ironically, because you know, one of the two was warned to probably kill him, And he flies close to the sun, he burns and melts his wings, and then he tumbles out of the sky and falls into the sea, and then he drowns. So the myth then gave rise to the idiom, don't fly too close to the sun. That's where that comes from. And that's a little bit about Icarus and flying too close to the sun. Also, as everything in Greek mythology, it teaches us a valuable lesson. Don't be too prideful, friends. So how does this parallel with Liam's journey through the drama? So
1: the reason I named it was that is just that I, would, I believe the character would be somebody initially, as we all are when we were younger, is very innocent, um, naive, um, just starting out, just trying to find their feet and then obviously moving to a different moving to a different city or moving to a different area. Being the minority has its negative traits, but it also have its positive traits. So, obviously, with particular character, he does go through a lot of the attention-seeking parts of uh, that all goes through us. And then it's about how do you deal with that attention that you receive? Do you allow it to become something that's part of your character and just how to control it? Or do you let it go to your head? And, yeah, that's basically the premise of the, of the story.
0: Oh, yeah, and I feel like Liam oscillates between it, between depending on the circumstance, he can be very compassionate and loving and understanding of other people's emotions, especially the women that he deals with And then there's some women where he literally will say, I, I'm okay sleeping with her once. I don't plan on ever seeing her again. And I really don't care how she feels about it is a gist of it. So he is very back and forth and it's such an interesting character, but maybe it's just how people are.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, like I wouldn't Obviously, for me, the the character does have some similarities. Obviously, as they always say, the best things written come from a personal standpoint.
0: Oh, and the truth always comes out.
1: There are some episodes as such or incidents that have a similar place in my life in terms of things that happened to me. (laughs) But I would say from a male perspective, there are... I do believe men sometimes can be quite wishy-washy with their feelings. You lied. Yes, yes, I lied. I'm a I'm a right, sir. I give the truth. It's not it's not something that we we do as men, it's very easy to be emotional. I believe it will have it within us, but sometimes obviously the society and just cultural changes just makes us have to remain stoic or feel like we need to put on a put on a bravado. Mm-hmm. I and mean, obviously some men can deal with that and some men can't, but I say, but I believe the Liam character flirts between the two because I think in essence, he wants to do good, but I feel like sometimes just too much attention and too much, yeah, too much attention can be not a good thing. And not everybody's able to handle that in the right ways So,
0: So it is more of a nurture versus nature thing. I believe so, yes. Yeah. It gives us all a little bit of hope, I think. But it also makes me sad that it's stifled in men in that way. And even how you were pursuing this drama story, wanting to tell this story, and they were like, just men won't care. It's like they will care, but society's telling them that they shouldn't.
1: It's funny you say that, actually. Now, obviously, initially, most... And it's, it's still technically is my target audience was women because the idea was just to at least... Obviously, for the women that I may have dated, sometimes it's difficult to express your past in a way to let them know why sometimes you may react in the same certain things. So my idea of writing this was just to highlight that some men do have a past and they may want to be open about it and others might not. But I've now found actually that the target audience has completely changed mm-hmm. tend to find more. I get more shout outs and reach outs from men to say that they have had similar experiences or they've, they relate to the character because of things. So that, that I, I never expected that at all. So that's, yeah, that's always the plus as well. It's good, it's good, to, it's good to be able to, to see people can find solace in the fact that they can see some of their life in this character as well, so.
0: Yeah, I love that reaction. That's, it. must be even more fuel for your fire. If you're kidding, yeah, you know, the it
1: audience, is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really humbling for me because, like I said, I my mind's quite wacky anyway. So, some of the things I've written here are, I believe to be just so far out of there that it may, it may not ever happen. But just to know that it has happened to somebody is, yeah, it's, it's very humbling. It's very humbling. And so, at least it gives at least it gives a voice to those who feel like they can't express themselves in the way they would like to. So,
0: yeah. I love two things especially about the story. One is the nostalgia because Liam's in the 90s, so he jumps on instant instant messenger chat (laughs) at one point. And I was like, ooh, is that AOL? Wonder like aim um hey i am that was just a wonderful little piece of my childhood and even though chat rooms are now such a, a weird thing exactly yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> I think it's all
1: got a story there yeah sure
0: oh yeah and how relatable the dialogue and the characters are I love that there are all of the, you only really understand and hear from what Liam's actually thinking, but the, I love the inflections that you use for other people's voices. And it is like watching and being able to understand the emotions of the women that are talking with him or like his friends that are talking with him, his roommates that he has a falling out with. It's wonderful. And the, I'm not going to do a lot of spoilers, but there's a couple scenes where, there's some pretty intense drama in terms of like physical altercations. Oh, yeah, I do. I do remember that. Again, that was quite early on in.
1: Um, yeah. In the, yeah, it was quite early on in the start of this, and I because I'd written it down, I didn't know how really, how really it would translate to just being an audio thing. I guess some something to raise now is particularly the sound effects. It was. I feel like now I've done it in this format. It probably was a perfect way of doing this now mm-hmm. in in hindsight because I've, I'm able to add sound effects and add things that would just brings the whole situation to more to life. It's more of immersive. But yeah, as you mentioned that particular fight scene, I, I spent ages trying to find <laughs> fight sounds that would work and it was just, yeah, it didn't, it was, it was hard. It was hard to put it that way.
0: Oh, wow. I can't even imagine because if your original vision was having the, the visuals there for them and the text messages popping up and stuff that you said. So yeah, that must've been really hard to capture and only audio.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it was. But like I said, once now that I've done 33, I'm, I'm by no means an expert in podcasting, by the way. It's, I still even find it hard even now. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm getting better at it. Where once it would take me probably two weeks to record an episode. Now it takes me about a week. So I, I'm doing better, I guess, in that sense.
0: Are you solo still? Have you um, outsourced any hiring?
1: Nope, no, no, All solo still. All oh
0: solo. my gosh. The only thing I, I do...
1: Yeah, the only thing I'd do in terms of outsourcing is of character voices. First, I'd say the first four mm-hmm. episodes, uh, any, any female voices, were, I was doing them myself, which obviously <laughs> became a problem because I, there's always so much pitch you can change on a male voice to sound female. So I had to reach out and, and get some freelance work from individuals. But now I have to audition for them those voices and make sure that what they do is correct. So. There is a lot of work that goes into making sure that the characters I need have the right tone and the right, yeah, the right tone and the right delivery. I,
0: th- I think you do pretty good, especially because you have a pretty deep voice. And in the beginning, it's pretty believable. <laughs> <Yeah>. At least <laughs> you're know supposed to be a woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can figure it out.
1: Yeah, no, it is it is it is also fun. It's not a chore doing this now because obviously the minute it starts becoming fun, then I, I probably won't do it. But I I, don't know, yeah. I am enjoying just being able to, take something i didn't feel i could see the light of day and it and make it into something i actually am quite proud of as well and also because i'm doing it all on myself i obviously have complete control of what i do and don't do yeah
0: and that's pretty powerful and i think it's something that uh we should soak up while we can i don't know how how big this podcast will get but yours is hitting the charts already so i'm assuming it hasn't even been a year right or has it been on june last year yeah, so I suspect that those might be things that you might have to grapple with later on to share the, the vision a little bit, but I think that it's so cool to be able to just mold it how you want now. The, so the character Liam, I said before we popped on recording and you hinted at it, I'm like, okay, so this guy is just, you are so emotionally attached to how Liam is as a character. You can tell because his, his development is just excellent. And I'm like, I wonder how much Lyndon is in Liam. Can you speak to a little bit about how Liam came to be and actually the women too that he encounters? Good
1: question. How much can I possibly say? So I'd probably say there's about 30%, maybe 30 to 40% of me in Liam. That's right. Get personal. Get close. I can take it. Definitely in terms of the locations and the the events in terms of moving from one city or studying a particular course. Um, so I, said, I, I did study drama at university myself. So in that sense, there are similarities. And there may well be one or two women that pop up that obviously have had their names changed. Um, <laughs> and maybe, maybe a particular incident that happened between her and I has mm-hmm. maybe slightly embellished, maybe. But in, in essence, a lot of it is from... It's from my mind, and just maybe things that I went through, but it had a different ending to it. I've, sh- I've changed it. Yeah, I couldn't possibly say which ones are true because then that would get me into trouble. Think <laughs> so. how to
0: protect the innocent. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: I-, I love that. How do you advertise your podcast? Very curious about that since it's become so popular in such a short amount of time.
1: Honestly. Poorly. Promo for me is not something that I'm, again, I'm actually shocked to how far it's gone because I only really initially started an Instagram account, I think maybe into the second or third episode that I started. I mean, obviously now in hindsight I probably should have started doing my promo before Mm. I released my first episode. But now, I think through word of mouth mainly is probably how my promotion has gone about. Um, And yeah, promo has been difficult to do because like I said, I, I just as you can imagine, if I'm recording and I'm, it takes me a week now to record and then edit and then do it for else. I just haven't got the time to sit there and do promo. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it can be quite, a bit, it can be very daunting to try and do them both. But I'm getting better at it now. Just rather than me trying to initially, what I was doing was trying to do a different bit of promo for every episode. But now I just, I keep, I have a template that I, I stick to, and then I just use that each time and just make various changes and leave it at that.
0: Yeah, and you do use the same intro uh, driving in his car, I'm assuming with the radio.
1: Yes, yes. That, yes. That, intro, that intro will obviously that intro will become apparent towards the end of the story as to why it's in there. That's obviously the, the whole idea, obviously just to right, giving it away is that Liam has gone somewhere to write this letter, which is what the chapters are, or each episode's are. It's a letter to a particular person and that's how it starts from the first one and obviously they'll end at some point with whatever happened from that car journey onwards
0: so you're also on a, quite a few podcasts to advertise is this the only i guess uh, screenplay or creative project that you are running right now or do you have a full-time job where you're also doing something similar
1: no i actually no i no longer act or do anything creative anymore i'm I work, oh. currently work in it when i stopped acting back in 2013 just mm. through the just through the lack of patience I guess it probably was at the time so no, I don't have anything concurrently running alongside this it's just literally I have plans for other stuff in the future but whether that whether they whether I do that after this because this has been quite exhausting as well so I might need mm. a break an indefinite break for this after this but no there is nothing else currently
0: yeah if you're working on one for a week and you have a full-time job that's a lot yeah <laughs> yes it is <laughs> yeah,
1: so, 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 so even if I had one person listen to it or a hundred people listen to it, so at the end of the day, at least it's out there. With, with obviously with COVID, it just made it made the time pass. Obviously, it just meant that I wasn't sat around just twiddling my thumb. Like I said, it was a it was a passion project, and that's yeah, that's no matter what happens from it, if it, even if it stops tomorrow, I'm happy with the progress it's made so far. So
0: that's that's what matters. Yeah, it's like 100 exactly. percent what matters. So you took seven years. You said to make this how did you come to okay i'm just going to do this orally and put it in a podcast format we talked a tiny bit about that but was there a journey of like trying a book and getting turned down for that as well or like why did you settle on the the podcast realm
1: the story itself obviously i it's gone for different iterations and i I even can also mention initially the actual tied to what's called confession of a narcissist to begin with which may be one of the reasons why i probably didn't do as well um with publishers and i obviously changed the name before it became a podcast just to what it currently is at the moment so i was i was so passionate about the story and that itself that i didn't really want to have obviously seven years or something just go to waste so to speak and again just again throughout because of sheer boredom i started to record the chapters myself just as an audiobook and I hoped to turn it into an audiobook initially hmm. uh, and when I was doing those just as just as a bit of a, a pastime obviously then I had the idea of just randomly to turn it into a podcast because obviously then an audiobook would still need to have at least some sort of backing from a third party and also I didn't have that so a podcast has basically meant that I could just obviously again just release it as and when I wanted to Um, And I thought, why not go for it? And yeah, it wasn't a planned decision at all. It literally was a very impulsive thing to do. But yeah, I I don't regret it.
0: The narcissist title is a very strong title.
1: It was. And the reason I used that title was because, again, I'm by no means an expert on male psyche or relationships at all, by the way. (laughs) I'll make it very clear. But I do believe that we all have what may be classed as a narcissistic trait within us at any given point. And I just believe that obviously sometimes men can have, sometimes men who fritter from relationships in the way that this character does, obviously then can definitely have a, a narcissistic quality. And I wanted to have the character have a redemptive quality to a redemptive side to him as well, which is why that I call it confessions of a narcissist rather than just trying to make it sound as if being a narcissist was a good thing. It had to be something more of a, I've done this, i regret this sort of mentality
0: are you not entertained are you not entertained is this not why you are here I love that point. As a woman listening to this, I'm going to be very honest with you here, Lyndon, every now and then I have to step aside for a moment because I'm like, shit, that sounds exactly like this one guy I dated for a little bit and like (laughs) serving the lines. I mean, they know exactly what to say, but is that really what's going on in their head the whole time? Yeah. I'm never going to see this woman again. And it can be quite frustrating to have that look inside a male's perspective, (laughs) even yeah, if it's uh, fictional and, it's like how fictional is this
1: <laughs> no no correct correct and by all means like I said before I, I can't say hand on heart that there aren't some similarities to how I was when I was younger yeah. so that's probably why I can't probably speak to that sense but I'm just trying to be honest from at least one male perspective and if obviously I, I do have a lot of female friends who do have similar experiences with past and I've put myself I've done that or this person has done that, so it's not as uncommon as you might think, or anyone might think. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of thought, well, at least let me give my spin on why I think sometimes men do some of the things that we do. It just gives it. It hopefully gives women some solace that it's not them, or mm-hmm. uh, rather it can be just something that men have just grown up with, or because they are unable to express themselves in the right way. Again, I'm by no means spokesman for men. Like I say again, I've made that very clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm just hoping that it just at least it at least gives some women or any who ever listens to it just an idea that men are complicated creatures and sometimes they don't necessarily mean the things that they do. But
0: Yeah. yeah. And it can literally be the right person, wrong time.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah. Or, yeah, or just wrong mentality, lack of maturity, which again, I think is very clear from this character. Um, I think he mm-hmm. wants to be mature. I think he has mature elements to him, but by and large, it does, obviously, as they say, they do say men, it takes men a lot longer to mature than women. so I think this character definitely shows that.
0: It might be scientifically accurate. It is scientifically accurate that men mature slower than women, but God damn it. Oh, it could be so frustrating as a woman and as a woman in my 30s, living through dating in my late 20s, early 30s. Holy crap, it is just a, uh, it's just it's a, it's a battlefield out there. So uh, f- really what I'm saying is, as you can say, like I'm being very heated, getting very heated, and I was kind of heated in this talking to, <laughs> talking to Lyndon, and I was like, okay, look, all right, this is triggering. I was triggered, and I am triggered. But all of the women out there, I know you're triggered too. I know this is... Difficult territory, difficult waters to navigate with dating the opposite sex. And if you feel that way, there are a ton of relationship podcasts out there, but there's also the Icarus Complex, which gives you a look inside of the male mind when dating. And that is priceless because it's written by a man who dates women and is kind of atoning for his sins, for lack of a better word. He might get upset that I said that, but it's like it's like it's it's kind of along those lines. So, if you were at all triggered by this episode already of this podcast, please go listen to the Icarus Complex and maybe be a little bit less triggered because you can kind of start to see the uh, trials that men. Maybe also go through for what they put women through. Is it enough though? I'm not sure. Not sure it's enough, but it's a start and it's an excellent audio drama. So of course this whole episode is plugging this, but I'm plugging it again because it really was quite wonderful to see that viewpoint. Okay. Back to it. Yeah. I think the saying, it's like, it's almost like a 10 year difference in a way, which is nuts think about but also it does make quite a bit of sense too
1: yeah it does indeed and also as well just I'm just hoping that anyone who is growing up and does listen to it sometimes you want to be able to obviously mistakes happen you have to learn from your mistakes but I'm just hoping if anyone does listen to it and is going through a similar situation that they Mm. learned from somebody else who has gone through a similar thing and doesn't make the same mistakes because some mistakes as we as we all know can can be baggage for the rest of your life so you don't necessarily really want to have somebody go through the same thing you do so if I can at least stop one person doing something that they might regret then that's a bonus in itself
0: I would agree with that and it goes for men and women listening to this it's a it's an amazing rendition from both sides of it did you crowdsource any of the I guess maybe not necessarily the women that you dated in the past but maybe friends to get their perspective on how to develop a character
1: no actually funny enough no I didn't um but the reason I didn't do that because I wanted to try and keep it as much of a male perspective mm. of what a woman can be if I started to get opinions from other people on what that was the case and it might change it might change the opinion. So I tried to keep it as truthful to what I believe a stereotypical man might feel. Um mm-hmm. that's a very good question actually. No, I, I didn't do that. But then also because as well if any women that are in there that are or just use it from memory or just again like an embellished like a really caricature what's the word a big character. And mm-hmm. I've just made it into a bigger character and it actually is so. and it keeps
0: it much more true to the male perspective if you don't get that look into the the women's rendition of a character because you probably wouldn't have the wherewithal even in relationships as a young man to say how does this make you feel when you're dating a woman like how does this behavior make you feel and all you know is how you feel
1: exactly exactly and I think again the, the reason why I've kept it so insular to the Liam characters is because obviously if at any moment Liam was aware of the Way he was making other people feel, and some decisions he would have made would probably would have been different. Um, yeah, I'm trying to show that a lot of the decisions that were made were, although they were meant well. In the end, it was all about his self-gratification and his, yeah, his needs first, when it's somebody else's. So,
0: yeah. Do you have a favorite character?
1: I again, good question favorite character? I have a favorite character writing. I wouldn't say a favorite character mm. as such. Yeah I, yeah, I do. I would say the character Izzy was a good character to write. Yeah, but again, without giving in giving the story away. Yeah, it's a tricky one that one because I said every 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 character is a fleeting character. That there aren't they may have an epi they may appear over two or three episodes, but then that's that's it. So it's it's very hard for me to get any sort of real real attachment to them because once once one or two episodes are gone, they, they don't really tend to appear again. I think the main character again is my is probably a favorite as well, just because at the end of the day I'm I'm trying to tell a story that's redemptive from his perspective. But then also sometimes I look at it and I do cringe because I feel like this is just a, <laughs> yeah what a what a what a horrible person but then there are other times where i'm like okay you know what i I do want to get some sort of happiness but yeah it's very up and down with me so luckily it's finished and i know where it ends i guess we'll have to see what everyone else thinks Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i can't wait to finish it i have not finished it yet i was waiting until i talked to you because (laughs) i wanted to get inside the brain of Liam a little bit more to like better understand because he's into college now and I'm in the high school experience it was it's like almost like traumatizing all over again it's like high school yeah. was so hard
1: what's uh, interesting for me that obviously given the fact that obviously you're in the states I, mm-hmm. again, I didn't obviously plan I didn't I didn't write this with an uh, international audience in mind or just obviously I do often wonder sometimes whether the the same experience of Growing up as such in America is there are similarities with the main character. Do you you see that in yourself at all, or in yourself? But do you at least have any instances where you can relate, or have people that have similar relationships, similar instances, growing up over in America? Humans
0: think they own everything. Probably American. Oh, absolutely. There are lots and lots of similarities. Uh, I did mention some of the the nostalgia. So obviously, I think the online chatting was probably a worldwide phenomenon for a while. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and some of his first sexual experiences were quite similar to mine and friends. Okay that i know of yeah it's really awkward and gets cut off in the middle of it because something <laughs> interrupts you like you're in your parents basement or <laughs> your oh, yeah. friend's parents basement <laughs> and you just drank way too much vodka because you don't understand drinking yet it's yeah there's a lot of it's it's uh some painful similarities there <laughs>
1: okay <fine. laughs>
0: but it's all part of growing up
1: exactly exactly No, i just i just find it interesting because because it's Obviously, certain terminology and stuff obviously is very is very UK centric. I'm obviously trying to be conscious of the fact that mm-hmm. uh, people may not understand certain locations or certain phrases. But then, if I try, if I do change it, it then loses. Sometimes it's it's authenticity of the time period. Because again, I'm trying to be very careful with even down to the music. Every bit of music that's added is from that particular year. Oh, of when I it takes it. place. So if it was released in the summer, it would take, obviously take place in the summer. I'm just being very very stringent on what choices I make in terms of the production side of it. Um, even down to some of the lyrics, even the lyrics, some of the songs, some of the songs, lyrics wise, whatever's going on in terms of narration, there will all be a particular phrase or a lyric of the actual song that you may not know the actual song lyrics, but they have some re- relation to what's going on in the story as well. So.
0: Mm. You I know, hadn't I caught like, on to that. That's a really great. great
1: yeah, that's, music. yeah, that's, that was a, a conscious decision I made because I didn't want to just throw any old, any old song in there. It had to be obviously something that was key to the time. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of work involved.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. It's, and then reading the whole script and having all of the sound effects. It's a lot of editing. In the beginning, though, at least for the first dozen or so episodes in his car for that intro sound bit it's always playing the same songs on the radio yeah. like this yeah is that's also intentional i'm assuming
1: it is intentional yes that, that, okay yeah that proved to be that turned out to be the intro for the whole again that will become clear later on because it's
0: one moment in time yes that it's repeating yeah Correct. okay Great. yeah it's so creative yeah. yeah one of my favorite parts is the music because it does bring you back to that. And yeah, I hadn't really thought of like that kind of, it's that summer in the 90s or it's that summer in the early 2000s or something. Yeah, but that's wonderful. You said you're not quite sure what might happen after this, but do you have any ideas for screenplays after this or characters other than Liam that you want to develop out out of this story and another story?
1: Honestly, at the moment, no, have had discussions about doing other things. Um, like I said, at the moment, this, this has been my main focus for the best part of what's coming up to almost been now almost 10 years, given yeah. how long it's taken me to do. Yeah, it's, as you can imagine, having to focus on something like this for such a long period of time, it can be obviously quite exhausting to do. I don't know how long it would be before I could even do something again, having to okay. write. Yeah. But I do plan to take this particular story a bit further. I'm hoping to probably at some point throughout next season just do like two three two three minute animation parts of it as well just to give it more of a visual feel themselves so i'm trying to have discussions with different animators to possibly do like i said two three minutes of particular parts of different episodes every now and again just a, a youtube video just to give it a bit more so that's something next and hopefully uh, depending on how it turns out then maybe turn it into a youtube series again that would require rewriting it because I, I don't feel like the format really works in a screenplay position at the moment so
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: have to, I have to think about that
0: that would be really cool to be able to like meet liam see liam
1: yeah the wonder Years strikes the mind that's something i'm probably going for that's that's uh. kind of my, yeah one of the inspirations i think is the one Years. is that, that that sort of that sort of format but again it's just having because i don't have any idea about directing and stuff like that as well it's 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 very difficult to even know where to begin so yeah
0: Um, yeah along the lines of Liam has similarities to you as you were growing up I know that a lot of authors especially if they're developing a character over like close to a decade it becomes just a part of their life like a like another person in the room in a way do you feel
1: like Liam in that way? I would say 100% to that, yes. But that's because I, that's because I, I know, again, because there are elements of it that are me. And obviously, I said I'm, I'll I'm, consider myself to be a maturer person than obviously I was 10 years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. It's just, I know when I read back some of the things that the Liam character does, some of them are crossroad moments. And I'm like, I definitely wouldn't have done that. But if I could have been able to speak to this particular person and advise them, I would have definitely done that now. So, there is, a, there is an element of care from me towards the character because I do want them to see well, but unfortunately, life isn't always like that. And obviously, being a black male myself, obviously, I have i don't try to make the, the podcast too too race-centric, but obviously, there are some elements on there of, I would say, discrimination towards the character and obviously, how I'm dealing with that. And obviously, my, in myself, I've definitely experienced that throughout my growing up. Yeah. And without, obviously back then it's it's because it wasn't as obviously now in this current carbon climate things of things are a lot more easier to report and, and deal with but obviously back then it wasn't as it was very brush under the carpet kind of behavior. I would say yeah I'm very in tune with the character obviously I know why I wouldn't react to certain things or why I would have done the same sort of thing. So yeah I I, I would say so.
0: Man, it's almost like a little brother in a way.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I mean I wouldn't have yeah. done it that way but it's your life. My brother boom God's friggin' gift to humanity.
1: Yeah, a little brother who doesn't listen no matter what you say.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Very frustrating, but so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> For those out there who have these stories, these amazing stories brewing in them and they don't have an outlet to bring it to the world or they're telling people they want to and they're being shut down, what advice do you have to them to continue on and share their story?
1: First of all, I would say is don't don't sound weird, but in that instance, don't necessarily take no for an answer. I mean, if you're passionate about your work, even if it doesn't necessarily get where you want it to go, there are always other avenues of being able to express yourself. Um, so, obviously, I would say from me myself, I found this at some points obviously be very therapeutic for myself. Obviously, at moments mm-hmm. when I was going through difficult times in my life, this being able to write again. Another thing, obviously, where men don't speak, it's sometimes obviously good to put things down on paper. Mm-hmm. It gives you a better perspective on things. So I would say if you've got something like that and you want to be able to do it, then definitely just pursue it. Don't. Once you get started, it does get easier. And I would also say consistency as well is obviously very key. Even if you'd write it down once a week or once a day, just being able to write down your thoughts or your plans. And at some point, you can always revisit it if you need to. And patience, I think, is also very key as well. Things aren't going to happen overnight. I was definitely somebody who had it in my head of getting this out by the time I reached 13, that never happened and I put added pressure on myself to get it done uh, and then when I wasn't getting my way it, it felt like a wasted opportunity because I would spent too much time on it but actually as I say everything for a reason um, mm-hmm. and obviously having to wait for as long as I've had to get it out in this format obviously it's probably the right decision to wait to make so consistency don't take no for an answer I would definitely say patience is very key as well that have probably top three things i today.
0: That's so good. The the patience part, really, it's really a great resounding advice because maybe one of the reasons that you've seen success is because it's such a good format and something that we're not necessarily very used to for a podcast. But podcasts are very popular right now, but they weren't uh, even maybe 10 years ago.
1: No, that's that's very that's very true. That's yeah, very true. and I, I, and I, um, off subject. I obviously took a podcast with a friend of mine a couple of oh, a few yeah. years ago, and the format itself was awful. <laughs> and I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad it didn't get up to get off his feet. But again, sometimes you need to make the mistakes in order to find out where your right footing is. So um, now, obviously, podcasts are a lot bigger than they are, and you've got different so many different genres out there, and it, it can be difficult to have your head above the, the water because obviously it's, it's difficult to be seeing them on the thousands and thousands of podcasts around there but like i said with consistency and with if you've got the if you believe in your project enough and i said most people hopefully have that within them just just stick at it just stick at it. i don't know mm. it's really clear to say that i can't express that enough it's a, we've all got a story within us um, we all have obviously shared experiences but yeah just just stick at it. That's
0: it's it it's so important Stick with it, don't take no for an answer. Yeah, Mm -hmm. keep at it. What else in your life have you been told you're not qualified to do? Just very curious. I would
1: say, what else have I told I'm not qualified to do? Well, that is a sucker punch to the gonads. I think the acting side of things as well was something that I definitely found and one of the reasons why I stopped doing that because of family pressure or yeah, mainly family pressure. I think the, obviously the idea of acting even back then when it was quite saturated even then was that the idea because it's not something that it's can bring in lots of money and you're going to be off work or maybe not deemed as very good it stopped my confidence in in doing it After all, so i put that on the back burner and who knows whether i'd maintained it what would have happened it, it may have done nothing at all but i think the idea of being told that i wasn't capable of and again just to go back slightly because Again, because being a black male as well, some of the roles that I was being put forward for, again, were stereotypical roles, Mm. which meant that the only way I was going to get my foot in the door is by conforming to a certain stereotype, which I wasn't willing to do. So obviously that meant, that told me that I then wasn't qualified enough enough to be different from the pack, because obviously I wasn't willing to to fall in line. I put added pressure on me to make sure I did that. And in the end, I didn't do it. And I'm glad I didn't, because obviously you need to have... your your morals and principles about you Uh, if we we, obviously if we start losing those then chaos arrives yeah I would say acting is definitely one thing that I was made to feel like I couldn't do and I unfortunately listened to those people by doing that and but then again by not doing it obviously this came about so
0: and there is something to say that if somebody is telling you you're not qualified it's literally just their opinion and it might be an opinion that's better if you're not qualified like you were just saying it's okay so in order to be able to do this in your mind I have to fit into this box that you have for black men and that's not going to happen okay I'm unqualified I'm going to do something else but I don't care that you think that because it's just it's against what I believe and that's a very powerful message
1: I agree I agree it's uh it's definitely a learning and obviously when you're a lot younger you tend to take it quite personally in that sense as well and obviously you, you feel the words against you and, and stuff like that but yeah or, or even if you've been told no and you, you feel like you're not qualified you, it, it then gives you the added drive to, to keep trying and I, I do feel like obviously with the particular book that I've obviously written like I said I was told that there was no mug and that may have been the case as a book but I wasn't given another avenue to say instead of doing the book you can do this it was just a straightforward no so no
0: yeah
1: it, it, it gave me at that point I, I didn't want to have another situation where i'd already stopped doing acting what i didn't want to do is have something else creative that i couldn't do so i obviously had to try and find another way of being able to put my story out
0: there yeah get creative with the rejections as well exactly a lot of people are there to help you but other not everybody is right so you have to just take it into your own hands and forge forward in the medium Good. that you think fits yeah, yeah. That's great. Your podcast, or I guess, would you call this an, is it an audio novel? Is it like a podcast first and foremost? How do you describe the Icarus Comp?
1: I think the word podcast has obviously had, I think because there are so many of one style of podcast, I think everyone considers podcast to be conversational mm. podcast as such as this. But I think podcast itself mm. is just an audio medium of, on a particular format. This is what's classed as an audio drama. Okay. Just because obviously it's not an audio book because it's, the difference is obviously now there are sound effects and music within it. And obviously again, because it's it, it forms an, ep, an episodic structure, it has more of an audio, like on the radio play kind of style. So mm-hmm. I would call it more of a radio play myself personally, but it's not on radio. So therefore it's an audio drama.
0: Love it. It feels vintage, but it's not.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I do appreciate it because it is a lot of fun to do. I was really worried about, and I still am even... But obviously the, the main character does, it's it's a male perspective that can come across as quite chauvinistic in some respects. And it, if not even come across, it is in, but un, un, unfortunately, I'm just trying to highlight the, the hidden truths of what, unfortunately, some men are like. Um, and I'm no, by no means glorifying it, but it's more of just as a behind the curtain peep, as, as they would say.
0: I, I would agree with that. I appreciate that very much again as a woman in my 30s who's had plenty of dating experience all through my life it is so really it's almost comforting in okay. a way and it's comforting to and this is probably going to sound like i'm a brat but it's comforting to know that in a way liam suffers too <laughs> for what he's doing <laughs>
1: let no do them know that's fair enough I mean, that's that's more than that's more than fair yeah I'm just concerned. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want someone to feel like I've written this and this is me thinking that this is uh, it's not like that's all it, yeah. it literally is a persona but not necessarily my persona it's just a persona of if different men and their 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 lack of emotion or too much emotion and, and what's having too much pride and yeah having too much pride but also wanting just simply wanting a relationship and wanting to be happy, I can do if you try too hard to get certain things and what can happen from that.
0: That's it. <laughs> Where can people find your podcast, your audio drama?
1: They can find it on pretty much every podcast hosting, service: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. I have a website, hopefully, that I'm in the process of making as well. So it's also available on there, but I'll release those details another time. Yeah, that's it. All the main and all the
0: main podcasts and hosting sites. Awesome. Does it have an Instagram presence at all?
1: No? It does. Um, okay. Have, it has, it's at the Icarus, I think it's, I should know what this is by now. I think it's at Icarus underscore poc- complex, sorry.
0: Okay.
1: On Instagram. And then it's all, we're also on Twitter as well, which is at Icarus underscore complex. For some reason, somebody had that already, so I had to have two underscores, which is really weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah no so yeah at Icarus underscore underscore complex
0: great I'm sure to link those in the show notes as well Lyndon is there anything else that you really wanted to say before we we say goodbye and I take up too much of your evening <laughs>
1: other than thank you for having me on this has been a really enjoyable conversation um I obviously haven't really had to explain the the behind the scenes of of this in this particular depth. So I I do Mm. really appreciate it. And also I'm very happy with what you're doing over there as well, so obviously keep it up. um, Thank you. Yeah, I I do appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun talking to you, so thank you.
0: Yeah, likewise, I, I love the story. I love the characters. You're doing an excellent job. The character development is top notch and I enjoy every minute of it. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us too. Seven years in the making.
1: It has been my sincere honor serving with you all. This will be my final transmission.
0: Nice little dramatic audio track for the end of this dramatic episode about an audio drama. Get it? Get it? Okay, thank you for making it to the end of this podcast. The end of episode number 23 with lovely Lyndon. I had such an amazing time talking to him. He is in London the UK, which uh, as you can probably tell from his accent, when I mentioned in the podcast interview that I had never really heard a rendition of a podcast quite like this in this audio drama style, it might just be because I haven't listened to them before and maybe they do, some exist in certain formats, but this one was my first and it's really unique and it's such a cool story about a young man in the 90s young black man in the uk in the 90s as Lyndon was saying it might have some similarities to his life i'm wondering if it's a little bit more than 30 to 40 percent like he was saying just because he's He just nails it so much from the perspective of inner workings of Liam's brain and how he is thinking and dealing with things. It's just it's so emotional that you're like, somebody lived this and it had to have been you, but we'll take him at his word of 30, 40%, huh? Because we have nothing else that we could do with it, but I really hope that you go and listen to it. I will link in the show notes, all of his handles and of course, where to find the podcast and it's many episodes, so it can it can really serve you well for many workouts, many walks, many baths, whatever you use to calm down, and however you like to listen to your podcast. If you do take one thing away from this episode, I hope it is Lyndon's story of overcoming those people that tell him nobody wants to hear this story, nobody would care about uh, a Black youth in the 90s and what he's going through emotionally in relationships. He took that as basically fuel for his fire, and it was... The timing happened to be great. Obviously, he didn't plan that. We didn't know podcasts would be such a big thing now. And it's something that he can very creatively dictate and direct and make exactly how he wants to in terms of the sounds and sound effects and that linear progression episodically. And it really just makes sense in the format it is now. And he kept at it for 10 years because he believed in it. He believed in his story. He believed that other people would be able to learn something from this and get something very valuable from the story of Liam. So please take that and run with it. Run like your life depends on it. If anybody tells you your creative idea is not worthy, tell them thank you and go and do it anyways. Maybe do it a little bit differently, even even better than what you presented to them and just go for it because as Lyndon shows us, people want to hear the story. People will identify with your story. People will identify with what you're sharing with the world, whether it be in audio drama medium or not. I encourage you to just go for it and you have people that will support you you just got to find them you got to find the people in your corner and don't listen to the naysayers just they don't know greatness when it hits them in the face sometimes and just continue to believe in yourself always all right where can you find me my name again is Courtney Heater I have an email address, ynqpod, yn is a Nancy Q pod, at gmail.com. I can be found on Twitter, ynqpodcast, kind of like when Liam said that it was kind of confusing that his his Icarus Complex name was taken on Twitter. I was very confused that ynqpod was taken on Twitter, but it was. So ynqpodcast on Twitter, my handle for Instagram and TikTok, at yn. Q pod and I have a lovely website, you're not qualified, podcast.com If you're listening to this on a platform that you can write, please, I would love it. And if you wrote a little review, I would love it even more. And if you are able to subscribe, please do and tell a friend if this is something that has resonated with you in this whole podcast and the life of it has helped you even just a little bit in your confidence in yourself and going after what you want in life, please uh, tell a friend and share, you know, don't keep it to yourself, just uh, share it with the world. Okay, so trivia. Throughout all of this, I was very curious about the first audio drama and when that happened, like when the first audio drama on radio was shared with the world I had thought that it was actually the War of the Worlds was the first radio drama, but I realized that that's not true. But fun fact, this is not the trivia, but fun fact about War of the Worlds is when it was on the radio, people were uh, terrified because they thought that... The uh, news was actually reporting on a real alien invasion, rather than Orson Welles, you know, story. Just reading it, and I think maybe it stuck with me so much that uh, I thought that was maybe the first one. But that's just a really cool fact about it. But the actual first play written specifically for radio was in January of 1924, commissioned by the BBC in Britain, and it was called A Comedy of Danger by Richard Hughes. And in the U.S., it is believed that the first radio drama was a show called The Wolf, uh, adapted from a play, but I guess they are not sure about that, but the first one in Britain, in the world, uh, I'm assuming, is in January of 1924, which is really pretty darn cool that it, it doesn't seem to have been around that long. You know, the Roaring Twenties wasn't that long ago. All right, it's late. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here before I just ramble your ear off. But again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and just a reminder, we have two more episodes left in April, and then taking a three-month break. From And, uh, so April will be the close of season one at 25 episodes of the, you're not qualified podcast. Then we're going to pick it up again in August, but we have two more episodes after this. So please come back in the next two Thursdays. And I'm so excited to bring you these other stories and, uh, close us out with a bang of season one. All right, my friends, I will see you next Thursday. Bye.